either the choir number or the previous song that we sang before the old rugged cross, or both of them. They all had about the blood and the blood in them. I don't agree with John MacArthur. And in regard to the blood of Jesus Christ, he's a heretic. We are cleansed by the blood. Washed from our sins in his own blood. You know the great problem with these fellows, he wrote a letter back to the boys at Bob Jones University. I saw the letter. Somebody made a copy of it, gave me a letter, the copy, and he said, he said you fellows know that, uh, that we're not... It was not the blood of Jesus Christ that saved us, but it was his death that saved us. That's heresy. Heresy. And then he put out a whole tape to explain that all the way through the years before. Excerpts. And the more I listen to, I've got the, that at home, I think. I'll make you a copy. It's the worst mess you've ever heard in your life. He does not believe that we're saved by the blood. He says we're sentimental. We're sickening sentimentalists about the blood. The statements that he made, I would hate to stand before the, the, the Christ of Calvary who gave his own blood. In some part of the scripture, it's called God's blood. And Jesus is God. But I'm telling you, you can't make too much of the blood of Jesus Christ. One of those songs that made a statement and I just I didn't write it down so uh, but I'm telling you we better we better I, I just felt like preaching on the on the blood of Christ tonight but I, I do have a different message but I almost changed it these people would say by the way there was a fellow before him by the name of uh, what's his name down in um, Texas E.L. Bynum no not E.L. Bynum no he's a good fellow up there in the north country what was that other fellow's name Oh, down there in Texas, and he's still alive, I think. But R.B. Theme, thank you. R.B. Theme, and he wrote about that. And when I was in Bible college, way before John MacArthur came up with his foolishness in regard to the precious blood of Jesus Christ, uh, we were taking our stand against uh, be our theme, R.B. Theme. Because he treated the blood the same way. Some people say that he probably read behind, John MacArthur probably read behind R.B. Theme or B.R. Theme. R.B. Theme. You better be careful who you read behind. Uh, you better read behind Paul and Peter and John. Read in the book. Amen. The Word of God. You compare everything with the Scriptures. By the way, I mentioned this morning about long hair being an abomination. I don't know if that's a little overstatement. It may not be an abomination, but it is a shame. It is a shame for a man to have long hair. And so maybe I overstated myself a little bit, but I think some people got the picture anyhow. So, may God help us to stand against that which is evil. I was thinking about that wonderful verse today. The love of Christ constraineth me. And then in the last couple of days, my daughter gave me a book that we got, uh, that she got down in Pensacola bookstore on this matter of uh, the martyrs and those that suffered during the French inquisitions. 
And there was one fellow, Gene, whatever his name was, and uh, unbelievable. It starts out with him and then another man. And I, I probably need to read the whole book like my daughter already did. While I was there, I was so busy with so many things with the building program and everything back here, I didn't have time to do much anything but spend some time with my uh, son and so forth. But in there, one of the men who would not recant and would not turn to the Roman Catholic Church, would not return to the Roman Catholic Church. They were Protestants, French Protestants, and they finally... They got him and they branded him on his forehead. So everybody knew he was a Protestant. But he stood true, faithful to the Lord. This other guy, Gene, whatever his name was, I can't think of his last name. And Oh, all the terrible things that went on there. I thought if possibly if we get a number of those books, if the rest of the book is as good as the first three or four little stories about some that were martyred and others that fought for their freedom, fought for their families, that we might get that book and along with the tapes, I don't know how we'd be able financially, but we could maybe get some of those out. At least we could, in the take, sending out of the tapes for His Baptist Churches, maybe we could little, put a little thing in there and say, this would be a good book and order it through us or something. And uh, or give an encouragement to, to get the book. I'll tell you what, they said in years ago, they said that the, the, seat, uh, the, the, the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. The more they tried to kill and do away with Protestants. By the way, you know what Protestant means? It means you're a protester against Roman Catholicism. So I'm a Baptist Protestant is what I am. Don't you, let, don't you take it away from me. They all say, I know that the Baptists didn't come out of the Reformation, all that. I know all about that. I said I'm a Baptist Protestant because I protest Rome. Don't believe in Roman Catholicism. Even my grandfather and my relatives, my father didn't believe in it. My father was strong against Roman Catholicism. He inferred, don't even, don't even think about marrying a Catholic. And he wasn't even saved at that time. Got saved later in his life. We're losing it today. I wonder today, if not the title of the sermon, The Love of Christ Constraineth Us, or Where Are the Martyrs Today? There are some. There are some dying this year. There'll be some that'll die for Christ in different countries this year. And probably every year all the way back to Christ, there's been some that have died for Christ. Here, there, or wherever on this face of this globe. That there were at least six million Protestants killed, murdered in the name of Rome and the papacy. That ought to stir anybody's blood up. They'd put them on the rack stretch their bodies and hang them by their hands with ropes and chains, mistreat them in all sorts of fashion because they had faith in Jesus Christ rather than faith in the Pope. Well, I want you to know tonight there's no hope in the Pope. And you can tell those fellows in Iraq there's no hope in the Pope. Not just the 
Iraqis and tell them there's no hope in Mohammed. There's no hope in Allah. He's not our God. But I want you to know there is no hope in the Pope. He's named, I believe, in the Bible as the Antichrist. Amen. That's what the Reformers thought. You read their writings and read Matthew Henry's commentary and, Cal and John Calvin's commentary, and every time they get an opportunity to take a swipe and a punch at the papacy, they do it! Why don't we do it today? I'm glad you came back tonight. There were some that will never come back, but we're here this morning. They thought we were too rough. Anybody that goes to Word of Life is not going to be very strong. They've been, they've been compromising things for a long time. I'd like everybody to come here. By, by the way, my nephew, my brother's son, he went to Word of Life. I'm thankful for any Bible training, but when they're not using the right book, it bothers me. King James Bible's the one we use here. The authorized version of the Scriptures. And we are not new evangelicals. We're not neo-Orthodox. We're against anything that perverts the Holy Scriptures. Don't tell me about it. I already went to Word of Life many, many, many years ago. And we didn't believe in their Halloween get-togethers then either. Amen? Now you thank God for any good that's done and people that get saved. But that doesn't mean you have to join them. You just do what God wants you to do. I'll tell you, it's a terrible thing. After you heard that tonight about John MacArthur, you should never promote John MacArthur ever again. There are people, there are schools that used to speak out against John MacArthur, and now they're, they're, they're compromising. Because he has such good writings. You, you can't say things about the blood of Jesus Christ and not recant and repent in bitter tears and remorse for what you say and try to call back every tape and every book that you ever read about it and every letter that you ever wrote about it. Or you're going to get out of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't talk about His blood like that and get away with it. You're saved by the blood. By the way, we have proof of that. When I see the blood, they were saved out of Egypt's bondage and the Passover... Every Passover, every time we have communion, dear brothers and sisters, the communion is the type of the Passover. Jesus is our Passover lamb who shed his blood. That's why we have the blood. We have the, the fruit of the, the vine. We have the, the grape juice. This is my blood which was shed for you. And they say it's just his death. No, it's his body and his blood. It's his person. And he even says he gave his soul an offering for sin. I'll tell you, anybody that would make little of the blood of Jesus Christ, I think they, they need their heart examined and see if they're in the faith. Amen? If they are in the faith, they need to get their heads straightened out and quit reading behind liberals. Just go back to reading your Bible. Well, don't be, a, don't be a, the scum of the earth. Be the salt of the earth. We mentioned that this morning. Let's go to that portion, Ezekiel. 
Ezekiel. Aren't you glad you have a Bible in your hands tonight? A word of truth? The Holy Scriptures? Do you realize when you pick up this book, this is like no other book? When you get your little testament out of your pocket? I thought it was there. Oh, here it is. And when you hold this, this is the, this is the Holy Scriptures. This is the Holy Bible. I hope you treat it like no other book. You couldn't be saved without the Word. And let him accuse us of worshiping a book. You can't be saved without the book. No salvation. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And this is the Word of God, written for us, who tells us of the living Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. But don't be the scum of the earth, be the salt of the earth. Well, stand with me as we read these three verses. That'd be good. This is Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 6, 11, and 12. It's mentioned, I believe, five times scum in the holy book. Don't be the scum of the earth like Jerusalem had become. Don't. By the way, Jerusalem was the city of David where the temple was. But that which is holy today in generations to come can be a place of debauchery if we don't hold to the old paths and lift up a standard in these days of compromise. Chapter 24 of Ezekiel. Again, in the ninth year, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, verse 2 of chapter 24 of Ezekiel, Son of man, write thee... The name of the day, even of this same day, the king of Babylon set himself against Jerusalem this same day and utter a parable unto the rebellious house and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, set on a pot, set it on, and also pour water into it, gather the pieces thereof into it, even every good piece the thigh and the shoulder, and fill. Fill it with the choice bones. Take the choice of the flock and burn also the bones under it and make it boil well. And let them seethe the bones of it therein. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God, Woe! to the bloody city, to the pot whose scum is therein, and whose scum is not gone out of it. Bring it out. Piece by piece, let no lot fall upon it, for her blood is in the midst of her. She set it upon the top of the rock and poured it not upon the gr ground to cover it with dust, that it might cause fury to come up to take vengeance. I have set her blood upon the top of a rock, that it should not be covered. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Woe to the bloody city. We hear it again. By the way, Jesus said many woes too. I will even make the pile of fire grade, heap on wood, 
kindle the fire, consume the flesh and spice it well, and let the bones be burned. Then set it empty upon the coals thereof. This is an open fire, a picture of an open fire in a pot, a cauldron, a cauldron that's there, and you're putting all the water in and putting the, putting the pieces of the, of the flesh in there that the brass of it may be hot and may burn, and that the filthiness of it may be molten in it, that the scum of it may be consumed. She hath wearied herself with lies, and her great scum, filthiness we heard of, and now lies. Her great scum went not forth out of her. Her scum shall be in the fire. In thy filthiness is lewdness, because I have purged thee, and thou wast not purged. Thou shalt not be purged from thy filthiness anymore, till I have caused my fury to rest upon thee. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not go back, neither will I Spare, neither will I repent according to thy ways and according to thy doings. Shall they be judged? Shall they judge thee, saith the Lord God? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Father, help us not to become filthy and lewd and nothing but scum. As a nation, because of this terrible declaration this last week, sanctioning perverts, which our previous president sought to do in the first week as he took office. He was nothing but scum! And he put others to the place. 30 years after this was put down, now it's been accepted. It shows the depravity of man and the constant pressure of society and filth and scum, producing more scum. Help us, Lord, to not succumb to this. Help us to be pure and vital and real and precious and true and honest and have a great return to the purity and holiness of God in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The love of Christ, it says in Ephesians, I mean 2 Corinthians 5, 14, the love of Christ constraineth us. Why do you serve God? We serve Him because we love Him. We love Him because He first loved us, the Bible says. We sacrifice for Christ because He first sacrificed Himself for us at Calvary. They wanted to take Jesus off and throw Him over a, a cliff, a precipice. Sometimes He walked right through them. But our Savior is the example of the one who spoke out against them and said, Scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites! Where are our pre preachers and prophets today doing that? The best-known evangelist in this country is doing everything but that. 
But Billy Sunday of yesteryear, he went up there and he scolded the, those in high authority if they didn't stick to the Scriptures, the Word of God. In one of Billy Sunday's meetings, they had a fellow who didn't believe the Bible was true or some other part, the virgin birth or something, and Billy Sunday in one of his meetings heard about it and he said, he said, I heard that one of you preachers up here right behind me, you dirty rascal, you. He said some other words about him, kind of, I'll just leave him out. But he said, you rascal, he said, you crumb, you dirty thief. He said, who are you? Come on, come on out here. We'll take care of you. I haven't seen our present day best known evangelist doing any of that lately. Have you? And that same Billy Sunday of yesteryear, the generation before, gave all the money that came in in the Philadelphia or the, or the uh, New York Street, uh, New York campaigns and gave it all to the rescue missions. We would have heard about it if that had taken place with our present day evangelists. We'd hear more about it, wouldn't we? Take all the money and just give it all away to charitable organizations reaching drunks and the down and outers. Well, thank God for Billy Sunday. These had stood up and, boy, he fought the liquor business tooth and nail. I wish he'd have fought the ERA movement in the early days. He'd have done a job on that one, too. Thank God for the memory of some of these. He was the salt of the earth, not the scum of the earth. You know what salt does? Salt preserves and salt stings too. We need some stingers around. As one, as Lester Roloff said, we need some porcupine preaching where we get to the point. Amen. May God help us in this compromising age to speak what God says and not worry what the people say. They went in and sent, they tw sent the 12 spies in. Two came back with a, a, a good report and said, we're well able. Let's go up at once. And all the other 10 discouraged all of them. And they said, there's giants in the land. And Caleb and Joshua said, there'll be meat in our mouth. We'll just chew them up and spit them out. God is for us. Who can be against us? <laughs> That's what they were saying. And then you know it says in Ephesians, the love of Christ passeth knowledge. The love of Christ constrains us. And the love of Christ passes knowledge. How can you explain the love of Christ? For fallen men, for us, who when he saved us, we're nothing but sinners. There's no such thing as a good sinner. <laughs> They're all bad. And Christ makes them good. Some worse than others, but you know, we're all sinners. For all in sin and come short of the glory of God. And that's not just in Romans, that's in the Old Testament too. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all in sin and come short of the glory of God. Don't be the scum of the earth and become like Jerusalem became. By the way, you know we sing that back to Bethel. I must go. Good song. I enjoy it. I like the tune. I like the thought of it. But the Bethel it's talking about is where Jacob had the ladder that went to heaven. And he said, I'll tithe to God. I'll give 10% to God of all I possess. If you'll be with me, Lord, and help me in my sojourn. God was with him and he came back to Bethel. Bethel's the house of God. 
But if you go over in the book of Jeremiah or the kings over there and you'll see that Jeroboam, after the divided kingdom and Jeroboam took them into idol worship up north, which became the northern kingdom or Samaria or Israel and Judah stayed down with Judah and Benjamin called Judah were the kings of Judah, but the ones that went north, they worshipped what? The calf god in Bethel and Dan. Was that not true? And the man of God goes out and he cries against the altar in Bethel. Jerusalem was the house of David, the city of David. But now we read in Ezekiel, and Jerusalem's become filthy, lewd, idolatrous, idol-worshipping. Jerusalem's becoming nothing but scum. Well, the prophecy of Khrushchev and all these other devils of yesteryear and this constant bombardment with the media, it's sure doing its job, isn't it? Sure changing people around. Now they're starting to sanction perverted people. When God says, burn them up! Because <laughs> God burned them up and we're supposed to be like God, are we not? Shouldn't we think like the Lord? The Lord says, Sodom and Gomorrah and Zeboam and Adama, enough of you. And the, God thinks the same way about when he washed the earth clean of all the, their very imagination of their hearts were continually evil. And God sent that flood and God sent the fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, Zeboam and Adama. God sent the fire and God sent the flood in Noah's day to wash the earth clean! Or to purge the earth. And he's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God in his second coming. He put the bow in the sky so he'll never drown them all, but he's sure going to clean it up with fire again, isn't he? Amen? And if you're hay, wood, and stubble, you'll be burned up. And if you're in Christ, you'll be, uh, what is it, gold, silver, and precious stones. Thank God we're in Christ. Those are things that last. Go through the fire. The love of Christ constraineth us, the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Then I'd like to ask you, where are the mortar, where are the martyrs today? Where are the martyrs today? Where is the martyr spirit today? Where is the martyr spirit in America? Where they say, I will not compromise. I will not change. You will not tell me I cannot pray. You will not tell me I cannot bow my head and pray over my food. You will not tell me how to worship God. You will not tell me that I cannot read my Bible. You will not tell me I cannot print my Bible. You will not tell me I cannot get the word of God out when Jesus Christ said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You cannot tell me to shut my mouth when they're cursing my Savior. I will praise Him. I will praise Him. You can't shut me up. Don't even try. I'll go to jail and I'll go to death and resurrection if need be. Don't try to shut me up. That's what they want to do. They want to shut every believer up. They don't want any Bibles around. They want to worship their own God, the devil. That's what, the, that's what these Wiccans want. They're all, they're all wicked. Now, some people are involved with witchcraft and the wicked thing, and they don't know all about it yet. They're just becoming wicked. They're the wicked Wiccans. Don't have anything to do with them. God says, suffer not a witch to live. 
That's what God thinks about witchcraft. And wicked, don't you go to these soothsayers. And sister so-and-so, she's not my sister. Oh, all the towns have it. How many of you ever have never looked at something in the newspaper anywhere about what are they coming? What are those days? Huh? Horoscope and prognosticators, all that stuff. How many ever did that? How many ever read any of that stuff? I hope you haven't. Huh? All right. How many ever messed with a Ouija board? I'd like to see, see your hand. I've seen a few there up in Maine. I'm sure you did. Amen. That's a seedbed of, of witchcraft up there. Amen. In Maine. I, Bless your glorious states. Amen. Oh, I was down in Texas. I should say in North Carolina. By the way, my wife's from North Carolina. All the people from North Carolina are good people, except the ones on death row and in jail. Amen. But what was I getting back? Oh, I was teaching a class in Tabernacle Baptist Church in Lumberton, North Carolina. All, all the teenagers, the preteens. Preteens, I think they were preteens. And I asked them, how many ever messed with a Ouija board? A half or two-thirds of them raised their hand. There was a lot of Indians around there. Maybe that brought it in. I never heard of such stuff. I'd never even seen one. But I just asked them. I'd heard about them. I was shocked. Don't you tell me about Ouija boards. There's nothing to it. I said, don't tell me all about that stuff. There's a boy over here, a long-haired boy over in the, the, one of the middle schools. And I, we were talking after the class was over and they'd finish all that stuff. And this fellow, he was long-haired. He was a character. He looked... A site. And I said, Well, anybody ever mess with Ouija boards? And oh, they said, Yes, we have. And the one, and then some people said, Oh, there's nothing to it. And one other, the, the long haired guy, a real long haired fellow, he said, Don't tell me there's nothing to it. We, we got it to spell out my, my dead sister's name, and the thing jumped right off, the, right, right off the desk. Don't tell me there's nothing to it. Whew. Spelled out her, the dead sister's name. And jumped off the table. Tell me there's nothing to this, this demonic stuff. There's demonic spirits around, but don't get involved with it, amen. Don't try to cast them out either. Just run, amen. And just run to your Bible in prayer. Say, oh, I'm going to cast out demons. I'm going to be, what do they call those? Exorcists. Stay away from that. Leave that to Peter and Paul, amen. They're already in heaven. Just run away from that stuff. Treat it like a plague. You know what the Bible says we ought to be? We need a martyr's spirit today. Because our Jesus, our lovely Lord Jesus in John, in Matthew chapter 5, here's what he tells us. Blessed are ye, no, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for doing right. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think we ought to be more like that fellow that was branded in his forehead. And then they blamed everything on him. But I think he was the one that went right up to the door like Luther and he, and he nailed something to the door about what was wrong with Roman Catholicism. They knew who to go to because he'd already been branded. And he went around and told them all, yes, I did it. I'm going to do more if I get a chance. Amen? We don't need weaklings in God's army. We need some fellows who have a martyr spirit. Not that they want to die, but they're willing to die for Christ. Our Savior said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on and says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. Who wants to be reviled today? I don't want people reviling me, do you? 
I want them to like me. Aren't you like that? Hmm? But you better not want people to like you to the place where you're going to compromise and deny your Lord and, and not speak up for your Lord. When men shall revile you and persecute you, who wants to be persecuted? I don't want to be persecuted. I want to be, I want to be blessed. I want to be happy. I, I want everybody to be nice to me, don't you? Come on now. The older I get, I'd rather have people be nice to me. I'm not like some of you and get up on the wrong side of the bed every morning. I generally get up on the right side. I, I, I like life. I, I just enjoy it. I like to go and read my Bible and pray and get alone with God and, and thank the Lord for the day and say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do like Paul did? This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Some of you are so grumpy in the morning. Shame on your carcass. You better get up and pray before you talk to anyone else. Talk to God. I said talk to God first. Then people will be able to stand you. Put up with you. You might even be able to put up with yourself. Some people oppose themselves. They, and the grumpiest things, I, can't, I, I couldn't stand being a ground rock grump all the time. Nothing's right. Everything's wrong. Well, everything's right until it's made wrong with me. I mean, I might have to go to jail next year. I better enjoy this year. Amen? I might be martyred next year or the next month or whatever. Some crazy person. There was a preacher. He was out walking and praying one night. And someone came up and blew his brains out while he was out praying, getting ready for the next day's services. There was another fella up there, and he had uh, MS in his dormant, I believe, in his body. And he was trying to reach the, the kids at the pizza party, the teenagers. And someone put some dope on his pizza, put some dope on his pizza, and he was driving along, and he drove right into the Lake Erie. And they had to rescue him. He was a pastor, and he had to, he, and then that, that triggered this MS or something, and he was in a wheelchair. And what do you think his church people did for him? He started that church. You know what they did for him? They said, why don't you, uh, that when he got in a wheelchair, he could still preach. They said, well, why, why don't you get on a welfare? Had a big family, a lot of kids. When Pastor Magnuson died, he was at the he was at the funeral in his wheelchair, and I said, "I heard the way they treated you at that church," and just tears came down his eyes. He wasn't bitter, but he's still preaching in his wheelchair. He's still preaching. Blessed are you when men persecute you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Do you want everybody saying something false against you and accusing you of things that you have done and you haven't done them? Falsely accusing you? I'm telling you what, the Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And it's committed, it's, it's maybe committed more and more prevalently even than adultery. Bearing false witness. That's what our president, our previous president did. Bill Clinton. He perjured under oath. And he was what? Impeached by the House, but not the Senate. That shows a Senate sure needs a good kick, doesn't it? Amen? And then now, and aren't they, they're in longer, aren't they, in the Senate? It's only two years, is it? A couple of years for the House 
and it's six years for the Senate, right? Yeah, and the House and the ones that did that terrible thing last week, they're in for life. I don't know the answers about it all. I know God's the answer, though. When you leave God out of anything, you've got a you've got chaos. That same court, were they not the ones that said no prayer and Bible study in the public schools? I think they all need to go to church is what I think they needed to do. And go to the right church. Now they're sanctioning, sanctioning perverts. And God says we ought to burn them up. Stone them. Lest they pollute the other people. Do you see why capital punishment is so needful today? Some people say it's not a good deterrent to crime. Well, they won't do the crime again, will they? And they won't influence anyone else to do that crime either. Right? Oh, it's a pretty good deterrent. And if, any, if the people don't have any common sense, you can't help them anyhow. But most people do want to live a little longer. So if they, you, do, you do execute enough of them, they'll say, I don't think I want to you know, be tried and fried. Amen. But what does he say here? If you're persecuted, you're reviled. They say all manner of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be exceeding glad that we can suffer for Christ. For why? For great is your reward in heaven. Your persecution may be great, but your reward in heaven will be great. If you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. Isn't that what he said? If you deny me, I will deny you. Amen. As we treat the Lord, as we honor the Lord. Now, this doesn't do away with eternal security. If you're in Christ, you'll go to heaven because you have eternal life. But you might die a little early if you, if not die in physical ways by denying your Lord, you might die inside. One of the fellows, they wrote these things. Is that called abjured or something? Well, they abjured, they changed. They changed their, their lifestyle. They, they decided to go with the Roman Catholic Church, but afterwards they felt so terrible about it. They denied the Lord. They signed the forms. But oh, then they just grieved that they had done that. You say, well, I would, I would choose, uh, I, would, I wouldn't sign anything. Well, you haven't been there yet. You don't know what you'd do. By the grace of God, you'd do right. By the way, isn't there a great crown of rejoicing for the martyr's crown? What about Stephen? Let me mention this in Stephen, and then we, we we're going to finish up here, Lord willing. I won't preach quite as long as this morning. Some of you said amen. I thought it was good this morning. Anyhow, I enjoyed it. I think we made a couple people uneasy. That's a good idea, too. Amen? You know what an old Roloff said? He said, we need to comfort the, what? The afflicted and afflict the comforted. Amen. Do a little bit of everything. Amen. Preaching does wonderful things to people. Either makes them mad, sad, or glad. Amen. It, it works. Look at the great, the great martyr. Acts twenty two twenty. Our wonderful Stephen. As Paul stood there and held the garments of those that stoned Stephen to death, 
And here it says in Acts 22, 20, And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, Paul speaking here, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. Isn't that wonderful? And then look at Revelation 2.13. Revelation 2.13. You remember what he says? He said, he said, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. Some said he stood up to welcome him. I don't know. But I know one thing. He was there to welcome him home. Because there's great... God says a lot of good things about his martyrs. Those that die for Christ are willing to lay their life down than, than to deny their, the Lord Jesus. Chapter 2 of Revelation, verse 13. 2.13 tells us, I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Anticipus was my faithful martyr. Jesus is speaking here. This is, these are the words of Jesus. Who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. Isn't that wonderful? He's named. Stephen is named. And then the Revelation chapter 17. Turn over there a moment. Revelation 17. Are you willing to die for Christ? Some people say, well, I'm willing to die for Christ and they're not even willing to live for Him. That's foolishness. You can't live for Christ all out. You sure are not going to be much of, in good shape to be a martyr for the Lord. In Revelation 17, 6, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Were they not crying under the altar? Oh, God, well, when will you avenge our blood? I want you to know that God says the very, if I'm not wrong about this and I'm not quoting it wrong, God said that the blood of, of Abel cried out to, cried out. Listen, if, the, if our blood is so precious to the Lord and we're not supposed to eat the blood of the, in the Old Testament days, and our blood is so precious that this man who sheds someone's blood, his blood will be shed. That's showing the, the preciousness of the blood of a person. How much more precious is the blood of my Lord Jesus Christ, the virgin-born Son of God. His blood was precious blood. Thank God. He makes much of his martyrs, does he not? But they were crying under the altar, When will you avenge our blood? Well, there's... There's about probably there's probably about six million plus up there in, in heaven who gave their blood and laid it down because they would not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. They stuck to their protesting against Rome. We need to protest against Rome in America. We need to protest against Islam in America. We need to protest against all these cults in America. And we need to proclaim the truth that the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Well, the love of Christ constrains us. Why do we go soul winning? Because the love of Christ constrains us. 
Why do we care about sinners? Because the love of Christ constrains us, doesn't it? The love of Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory, and the love of Christ in you, you just love others because Christ loves others through you. And you love dirty people and stinky people and ugly people. And like that drunk that you, we went to see tonight, wasn't he in sad shape? But Jesus loves him. Hey, man, the Gadarene demoniac, he kind of looked like him, don't you think, Brother Estes? <laughs> Probably looked like him. His, his wife found him earlier. He was drunk then, was he? Here he's drunk tonight. He said, I'm kind of sick. He's sick. He's sin sick. But he's just like the Gadarene demoniac, and God could set him free, and he could be sitting clothed and in his right mind. If Jesus comes by, you know, he, he, he's no more lost than, than Thomas that got saved tonight. Amen. He, he's just drunk all the time. And I don't think Thomas was. He didn't look like a guy that would be drunk all the time. But Thomas, we believe, got saved tonight. But that, that fellow that looked more like the Gadarene demoniac, he could get saved too. Jesus loves him and shed his blood for him too. I don't agree with these hyper-Calvinists. No, Christ died for that man and shed his blood for that man over there. I don't know his name, but God knows his name. You say, well, I couldn't love a drunken bum like that. Well, the love of Christ could love him through you. The love of Christ constrains us to go and tell. Because once we were filthy and vile and thinking only of ourselves, some of us were very sick and sinful in our pride that we were not like that one down there. God hates that. What did he say unto you? Woe unto you, scribes. They're the ones that copied the Scriptures. Pharisees, they were of the strictest sort of the religious crowd. Hypocrites! Now, we're to love the unlovely. And if you just can't hardly do it, if you ladies can't love a, 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 can't love a harlot, then let Christ love her through you. Hello? That doesn't mean you lose your purity. That doesn't mean you lose your godliness. When you put your arm around some poor, some poor harlot that is, has been run ragged from pillar to post and, and from bunny club to Sam's station because maybe she didn't have a mother or father that cared about her like you. Maybe she was not taken to church like you. So I could never, oh, I could never love a dirty, a, a dirty girl. Well, Jesus loved the dirty girl at the well. But praise God, dirty girl got saved. Amen? She'd been married five times. It's pretty dirty, living with a sixth one, shacking up. And Jesus came by, praise God. He cleansed her wicked, vile, filthy soul. Amen? As we said, she couldn't be the, the pastor's wife of the First Baptist Church, but she got a whole town saved so they could start a church there. Amen? Praise God, she did better than most of us with her newfound faith in Christ. And what about Rahab the harlot? Hmm? Couldn't you have had a mother or father that, could you not have had a mother or father that farmed you out just for money? I'm talking to you ladies now. Or the boys, couldn't you have had a mom and dad who sent you into the stores to rob the stores for them? Hello, come on now. 
Huh? We could have all had a mom and dad like that, couldn't we? And so don't be too hard on them. What if we were brought up on Skid Row? What if we were brought up in Harlem, New York? You had no choice in where you were born, young man, young lady. You ought to thank God every day. If your parents ever took you to church one time, you ought to thank God for that. Amen? If they even told you the Bible was true one time, you ought to thank God for that. If your parents said adultery is wrong, stealing is wrong, adultery is wrong, bearing false witness, lying is wrong, you ought to thank God for every bit of training you have. And even though the preaching is pretty strong around here, you better thank God for it. Thank God for it. Praise Him for it. Well, the love of Christ constrains us, and it passeth knowledge. Passeth knowledge. Our Father, bless we pray thy word. Thank you for it, Lord, how great thou art. Bless us, Lord, make us a blessing. Save the lost. Help us. That, help we that are, are not rejoicing in our heart. Dear God, there are some, dear God, that we're in the service tonight, and they don't even have a song in their heart. They don't even sing the songs. Dear Lord, they ought to sing. We ought to make a joyful noise unto, the, unto thee, as it says in the Psalms. We ought to rejoice. Weep with them that do weep and rejoice with them that do rejoice and sing. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. Our Father, save the lost and give us revival in our hearts, we that are saved. We ask and pray in Jesus, all precious.